Hey everybody, it's Pastor Chad. Today is March 6th, 2022. Welcome to The Way Radio Live, The Way R122 Ministry Live. Uh, it's good to be back. I wasn't here last Sunday because I was trying to set up a new system for broadcasting and streaming that I thought would be easier, but it will not work the way I need it to. So I am using the same system I've used for the last couple of years, which is fine. Uh, a lot has changed in the world in those two weeks. Uh, we live in a time where one day can be drastically different than the day before. Uh, many things are taking place. Excuse me one second. And there are a lot of world events uh, that are quite shocking and mind-blowing and fascinating that are taking place right now. And that's what I'm going to address today. I'm trying to work through the book of Galatians, but honestly, with everything that's going on in the world, it's very difficult for me to preach through a book uh, week after week because there's just so many things taking place that I read about, that I study, uh, that I want to talk about and share with you guys. So I'm just sort of just uh, seeing where the Lord leads each week now. I'm continuing to study the book of Galatians. I'm writing a lot. Uh, I've got a lot of notes accumulated, so I will continue to preach through it, but I'm not really setting any uh, schedule or plan as far as what I'm preaching on week after week now, because I just want to see where the Lord leads and uh, try to deal with current events from a Christian biblical perspective uh, as well as possible as we move through these times. So the, 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 the title of the sermon today is The Power of Fear. And I think it's very uh, important and I think it's very uh, relevant for the things that we are dealing with right now in America and around the world. So let's pray and we will get into The Power of Fear. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this opportunity uh, to gather as brothers and sisters in Christ from different parts of the world and to be able to use this technology uh, for uh, doing the work that you bless us to be able to do. And Lord, I just ask that you would uh, bless this message as it goes forth today, that you would use it to strengthen the saints, that you would enable us to have a greater understanding of how we are to look at the world, how we are to uh, stand apart from the world, and how we are not to be fearful regardless of situations and circumstances, and that we would not succumb to the power of fear, the power of Satan, the power of evil. And I just pray that, you're, pray that your name would be uh, glorified and praised through this message today in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, the power of fear. I'm going to be reading a lot today, so I hope you guys don't mind. It helps me to uh, keep my thoughts in order if I write out my sermons in detail. If the world continues as it has for the last few years, and with the added concern of the possibility of war or wars, and a precarious economy, especially here in the U.S., the topic of fear and how to deal with it as individuals, as spouses, parents, leaders, teachers, counselors, pastors, and preachers, as believers, seems to be very relevant. How are we going to deal with fears that are naturally going to arise if the world continues in the direction it's going? And geopolitical events, uh, 
the COVID hoax, if there's another one that's coming right after that, we don't know. How do we deal with fear as believers? Um, after two years of manufactured fear of a mostly benign virus through deception and propaganda, the world in the last two weeks has been thrown back into the darkest days of the Cold War, as World War and the nuclear threat are once again major topics of concern. The news, videos, and images coming out of Ukraine are like replays of World War II, and with the very real possibility of escalation and the involvement of other countries in the invasion of Ukraine by Russia, as communist China is most likely considering the opportunity to make a move on Taiwan, America is floundering amidst governmental corruption as enemies to our principles and values occupy our highest offices. And we are left without any genuine leadership during what may turn out to be one of the most precarious times in American and world history. There is indeed much to fear right now. As Christians, will we worship God or will we worship fear? Will we obey God or fear? Will we serve God or will we serve fear? Will we be led and controlled by God or will we be led and controlled by fear? In the context of the COVID narrative, ask yourself, will what you fear become what you obey rather than God? Will you accept an untested and now proven dangerous and deadly vaccine through fear? Because of fear of societal limitation and denial of access if you're not vaccinated? Uh, because of fear of inconvenience if you're not vaccinated? Because of fear of being ridiculed and ostracized? Because of fear of being uncomfortable? Because of fear of the virus? Should we fear COVID-19? It is proven to be one of the most glaring examples in world history of the power of fear. It's been based on false narratives since the beginning. It's been nothing but lies and propaganda for two straight years. And now that is being proven. Things that were considered conspiracy theories and things that people were saying and being canceled from society and removed from social media even months ago has now been proven to be fact. The numbers of deaths attributed to COVID have now been proven to be greatly exaggerated. At the beginning of the COVID hoax, the CDC changed its long-established system for quantifying and reporting the cause of death in order to label nearly any death as being caused by COVID. The numbers of injuries and deaths from the, deaths from the vaccines are now being proven to be much greater than is being reported. It is estimated that fewer than 1% of vaccine adverse events are reported. The truth is, truth is now beginning to come out that the vaccines are causing cardiac issues, drastically weakening the immune system, and most recently the news that they alter DNA. That just came out really in just the last week or so, that they now have done studies and found that at least in the liver they've discovered so far, the vaccine is turning into DNA or altering DNA. I forget the exact thing that's happening. I'll study that more. Uh, the definition of vaccine has been changed in order to label gene therapy as a vaccine. When the vaccines were first introduced, many of those who understand the definition of a vaccine 
were exposing the fact that these were indeed not vaccines. They are gene therapy. So they changed the definition of vaccine to include gene therapy, again, making truth relative to what they want it to be. The definition of anti-vaxxer has been changed to include anyone who questions or exposes the truth about the COVID-19 vaccines. Before this hoax, an anti-vaxxer was anyone who spoke out against the dangers of vaccines in general. I would have always taken the stance of of including myself in that group. I've always been very anti-vaccine. I believe there are certain ones that have been around for years that have been tested for years and years and years and are trustworthy. But when my son was born, my wife and I dove very heavily into studying this. We were blessed to be uh, brought into contact with doctors who are also very questionable about the efficacy and the dangers presented by vaccines. And our son, I think, had maybe two or three vaccines when he was born that were proven over many, many years to not be harmful. And that was it. So you could have called us anti-vaxxers. But now that is looked at as a, as a, a label of derision and a negative a negative. Uh, way to look at someone because they are saying that if you question the the vaccine narrative at all, you're an anti-vaxxer. You're put into that crowd. Uh, It has now been proven that the uh, CDC and Fauci lied. They were funding gain-of-function research. This is now fact. But will Fauci be prosecuted for blatantly lying to Congress and causing thousands of deaths, economic distress, and massive harm because of his lies and cover-ups? I doubt it. He's part of the powers that own the U.S. government. The survival rate of COVID-19 is at least 99.7%. Is something so non-threatening worthy of fear and changing the way the entire world lives? Is it worth throwing millions of people in developing nations into deeper poverty and starvation because of a virus less fatal than the common flu? Are our rights and freedoms worth sacrificing on the altar of COVID-19 because of the fear of its less than 1% mortality rate? Think of the insanity that this thing has caused and the number of deaths that have not had to take place but did because of COVID lockdowns, because of the reaction to a virus that is mostly benign. It's horrifying to consider. Starvation rates are going through the roof. Poverty rates are increasing all over the world. Economies have been destroyed because of this. And it's no more dangerous than the common flu. The virus poses almost no threat to children at all. Yet they are abused through mask requirements and are now targeted for vaccines. That is complete insanity. From an article titled, The Truth is Coming Out About COVID-19 Deaths in the Epic Times, March 1st, 2022, I just want to share a few excerpts with you guys. If you want a a newspaper that actually writes truth and is one of the, it's the best paper I've ever read. I subscribe to it. Just look up the Epic Times, E-P-O-C-H Times. Again, this title uh, is titled, The Truth is Coming Out About COVID-19 Deaths in the Epic Times, March 1st. 2022. Hospitals receive payments for testing every patient for COVID, every COVID diagnosis, and every COVID death, as well as any time they use remdesivir and mechanical ventilation. For starters, hospitals were instructed and incentivized to mark any patient who had a positive COVID test and subsequently died within a certain time period 
as a COVID death. That's because of the way that the CDC changed its reporting system so that everything could be marked as a COVID death. Um, at the same time, we knew that the PCR test was unreliable, producing inordinate amounts of false positives. Now the truth is finally starting to come out, and as suspected, the actual death toll is vastly lower than we were led to believe. For the 21 months covering January 2020 through September 2021, the total COVID-19 death toll in England and Wales was 17,371, a far cry from what's been reported. As of the end of September 2021, the UK government reported there were 137,133 deaths within 28 days of a positive test. And these deaths were therefore all counted as COVID deaths. Drastic difference in what the public was told. In a January 19th, 2022 press conference, UK Health Secretary Sajid Javid admitted that the daily government figures are unreliable as people have been and continue to die from conditions unrelated to COVID-19, but are included in the count due to a positive test. The average age of death in the UK from COVID in 2021 was 82.5 years. Compare that to the projected life expectancy in the UK, excuse me, which is 79 for men and 82.9 for women. In the US, data suggests a similar pattern of exaggerated COVID death statistics. Most recently, U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky cited research showing that 77.8% of people who had received the COVID jab yet died from or with COVID also had, on average, four core morbidities, four comorbidities. So think of those last two points. In England, the majority, the vast majority of those that died were 82.5 years old. And in America, they're saying most of them had at least four comorbidities. During the month, during the yearly flu season, the people that we always know need to be protected the most are the sick and the elderly, because they're the ones that could contact, contract the flu and end up with pneumonia or something else that could lead to their death. So it's common sense. Our society has always strived to protect the elderly and the sick those with, with compromised immune systems from catching even the common cold. That's all that needed to be done with this virus because that's all it is. And that's what this is proving. COVID is a le the, the article continues, COVID is a lethal risk only for the sickest among us. And that's true whether you're vaccinated or not. Putting COVID patients on mechanical ventilation is standard of care for COVID across the U.S. to this day. Without doubt, most of the early COVID patients were killed from ventilator malpractice and patients continue to be killed not from COVID, but from harmful treatments. You might wonder why doctors and hospital administrators insist on using treatments known to be ineffective at best and deadly at worst, while stubbornly refusing to administer anything that has been shown to work, be it intravenous vitamin C, hydroxychloroquine and zinc, ivermectin or corticosteroids? The most likely answer is because they're protecting their bottom line. And this is what it comes down to. In the U.S., hospitals not only risk losing federal funding if they administer these treatments, 
but they also get a variety of incentives for doing all the wrong things. Hospitals receive payments for COVID testing for all patients, COVID diagnosis, admitting a COVID patient, use of remdesivir, use of mechanical ventilation, COVID deaths. What's worse, there's evidence that certain hospital systems, and perhaps all of them, have waived patients' rights, making anyone diagnosed with COVID a virtual prisoner of the hospital with no ability to exercise informed consent. In short, hospitals are doing whatever they want with patients, and they have every incentive to maltreat them, and no incentive to give them treatments other than that dictated to them by the National Institutes of Health. You could basically think of the National Institutes of Health as Fauci's church. They seem to worship whatever he says, and that's considered scripture. That's considered the gospel that they follow. And that's what's been destroying so much of our country, really, when you look at it. As reported by Citizens Journal, the U.S. government actually pays hospitals a bonus on the entire hospital bill if they use remdesivir a drug shown to cause severe organ damage. Even coroners are given bonuses for every COVID-19 death. Again, this is all from the Epic Times. This is, more, this is probably the most reputable newspaper you can read. What does this mean for your health and safety as a patient in the hospital? Citizens Journal asks. Without mincing words, it means your health is in severe jeopardy. Citizens Journal likes, likens government-directed COVID treatments to a bounty placed on your life where payouts are tied to your decline, not your recovery. Fascinating information from the Epic Times in this article. 1 Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. And when you follow the money trail, you soon discover the massive greed and fraud behind the COVID hoax. It's all about money, power, and control. An important question for Christians, can something like COVID-19 and the vaccines, created and promoted by dark and evil forces, be part of the way of Jesus Christ? Can something presented through fear and deception be in line with following Christ? Ephesians 5.11 says, take no part in the unfruitful, unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Psalm 119.104 says, through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Can something that the majority believe in and submit to be part of the narrow way? Matthew 7.13-14 says, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. It's easy to accept the COVID narrative, easy to accept the vaccines. It's hard, and it takes courage to make a stand against these evil schemes. Now, after two years of the COVID hoax, we move to the growing fear of war. Should we fear the possibility of a war with Russia? A world war? Folks, I can tell you, I am absolutely amazed at the gullibility of the American people, especially over the last two weeks since the, uh, the war in Ukraine started, or you could say the invasion in Ukraine. You would think after two years of even people that think and pay attention to what's going on and knowing that they've been lied to for two years, as soon as this thing took off, 
everybody just fell in line and started believing exactly what ABC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, all the other fake news organizations were spewing out about what was going on. And everybody just fell in line behind it. Said Russia is evil. Ukraine is good. Big country invading a small country. So the big country is evil. The small country is good. That's what's taking place. Folks, it is not that simple. Do you believe the mainstream narrative regarding what is happening in Ukraine? Are geopolitical conflicts ever black and white, good versus evil, as this conflict is being portrayed? Have you taken the time to research and learn about Ukrainian history, the damage caused there through corrupt U.S. foreign policy? How much our own government has been involved in bringing the conflict to where it is now? After two years of the mainstream media and governmental agencies lying about COVID-19, do they deserve to be trusted? Do they deserve to be believed about what is happening in Ukraine? Do they deserve to be believed about anything? In my opinion, nothing they say should be believed until it is proven true. To see a very well done documentary of the history of Ukrainian politics and conflict, go to YouTube and watch Ukraine on Fire, Oliver Stone documentary, 2016. It's about an hour and a half long. I would not watch it with children. It's very graphic. It shows war for what it is. But it will open your eyes to the long existing conflicts that Ukraine has been struggling through. And I'm not trying to defend Russia here. I'm not trying to come down on Ukraine. What I'm trying to say is this is not a black and white issue as it's being portrayed, because our government is trying to convince the American people that we have to go to war against evil. And we don't. Much of the evil that brought this about is our own government. And you will learn about that in this documentary when you see the lies that would have been told by our own representatives to the people in Ukraine. So take some time, go to YouTube and watch Ukraine on Fire, Oliver Stone documentary, 2016, and you'll have a different perspective on what's going on there. Alexander Solzhenitsyn was an outspoken critic of communism, and he helped raise global awareness of political repression in the Soviet Union, in particular the gulag system. Probably his most famous quote, famous quote is, the simple step of a courageous individual is not to take part in the lie. Folks, it takes courage simply to say, no, I will not believe what they are saying about this virus. I will not believe what they are saying about this vaccine because I have proof to the contrary. I have evidence to the contrary. My, my gut is telling me there's something wrong here, my spirit. That's how it started for me with the COVID hoax. Like I said, uh, I've shared with you guys before, when this thing started in March 2020, uh, I was in Kenya and my family was telling me that America was going crazy. People were buying up all the toilet paper, stores were going crazy. I'm like, what is going on? And finally, when I, when I finally got back to the United States, it took me like three days to get home because all the flights were being canceled. I finally got back to Chicago and I sat and they had CNN on the, on the TVs in the Chicago airport, O'Hare. After watching CNN for a half hour, I knew this whole thing was a con job. Not that I'm brilliant, not that I understand anything more than anybody else, but because I've studied the evil that runs our country for many years. And I knew they were going to take and use this and run with it as far as they could to strip away rights, to bring in oppression, to do everything they can to oppress the American people and all the people of the world through this virus. 
don't let it happen to what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. We need to be praying for them in Russia, in Ukraine, but do not believe that Russia is just this evil empire trying to take over Ukraine. It is not that black and white. World War II was not that way. Yeah, Hitler was evil. Not all Germans were evil. The Allied forces, America and the Allied forces like Britain were, were, were trying to bring good in defeating Hitler, but there were evil forces with our, our countries as well. Many of those Nazis that were defeated in World War II were given refuge here in America. So it's not, it's more gray than black and white. And they can't control you if you understand that there's gray area. We live in a time of fear and confusion, a manufactured false reality that is the culmination of years of planning and manipulation, a time of division and hatred brought about through fear and confusion. The mainstream and social media platforms control the social narrative, increase division, create more fear, intensify fear, cause confusion, all for the end game of total control and submission. Fear makes it impossible to think clearly. Fear leads to anger and confusion. Fear leads to poor decision making. Control is gained through fear. Fear and lies work together to divide, control, and conquer. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5 warns us about the world and the evil in it. But, in, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. That is a description of our leadership in America. How do we as believers protect ourselves and our families from succumbing to the power of fear? Psalm 27, 1 says, Of David, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Isaiah 41, 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Now you're starting to see how we look at this as believers. We overcome fear by abiding in the power of God. Isaiah 41.13 says, For I, the Lord, your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, Fear not. I am the one who helps you. 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17, explain to us what God has blessed us with to guide us as we follow Christ. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The authority and the sufficiency of scripture. With that, we are complete and we are equipped for every good work. 
There is nothing we need in life, in walking with Christ, in our marriages, in our families, in Christian ministry, beyond God's Word in the Holy Bible. I cannot stress enough the importance of God's Word in the life of a Christian, especially during the times in which we live and the times we will soon face. The last few years can be summed up as times of lies, ignorance, and fear. We are surrounded by a culture seeking to destroy anything to do with the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are surrounded by false religions proclaiming to be Christian, yet in contradiction to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our children are inundated with immoral and satanic imagery constantly through music, movies, sports, advertising, etc. And now it's taught in the schools. 1 Peter 5.8 tells us that Satan prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. He seeks to destroy the joy of faith that we have in Jesus. But understand that the joy of our faith in Jesus is founded on God's never-changing word. Regardless of the world around us, persecution and tribulation, we count it all joy because of the life we have in Jesus Christ. Hebrews 13, 8 and 9 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. Our children are and will continue to be bombarded with the false concept of relative truth, that there is no absolute truth. With no absolute truth for guidance, anything goes. Confusion and chaos will eventually ensue or forced submission will happen. Folks, that's what we're, that's why our society is such a mess right now. They have pulled the rug of truth out from under our society. When you remove the word of God as your measure, measuring stick of truth, your standard of truth, anything goes. I was born a man. Now I identify as a woman. I was born a woman. Now I identify as a man. Folks, that's insanity. I'm sorry if it offends people. It's There's no way that's true. The Bible says God made them male and female. Yes, there are people that are confused. And we need to pray and do everything we can to help those people. But you're not helping them by making their, their confusion a standard of lies within our society. If you start changing truths that are that extreme, then there can there's no truth. You know, one example came to mind when I was writing this is yesterday, my, my dad was telling me that he got a notification that he has to go and get his driver's license renewed and he thinks he has to take a driver's test. He hasn't had a ticket in years. He's almost 80 years old. He's a safe driver. Why can't he just call them up and say, I identify as a licensed driver? It makes perfect sense in the society in which we function now. If a guy can say he's a girl and a girl can say she's a guy, why can't you identify as a licensed driver? You see? That's the insanity that can ensue when you remove absolute truth. God's word is the sole authoritative and sufficient absolute truth. Without the absolute truth of God's word, you have chaos, darkness, and insanity. Truth or God is banned from our educational system because it's a threat to what they are trying to bring in. The powers of evil are trying to implement. God's truth stops it. So they have to try to get it out of the way. Children sent away to college are bombarded with atheistic, humanistic, anti-Christian attacks, even in so-called Christian colleges. I'm sorry, folks. I think the worst thing you can do nowadays is send your kid away to college. It's just, too, there's just, the world is just too evil. And they are not equipped for it at 18 or 19 years old. 
The gospel and God's word has been neglected for so long in so much of the Christian church that the authority and sufficiency of it are often not even recognized. This is, is a severe problem that is sadly very common. The word of God, scripture, is our very life, both physically and spiritually. A spirit abiding in Christ and full of the Holy Spirit, a mind meditating on and contemplating the Word of God, a body strengthened and energized by the supernatural, life-giving power of God. His Word not just sustains us spiritually, it also sustains us physically. Psalm 33, 6 says, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their host. James 1.18 says, Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. 1 Peter 1.23 says, Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. God's word brings us into communion with him conforms us to the image of Christ, guides our steps, lights our path, increases our joy, makes us discerning, arms us for battle, equips us for ministry, and it comforts us. In Philippians 4.8, Paul tells us, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. We do this by knowing God through his word. The Christian life is one of mountains, valleys, streams, and deserts. Times of communing with God and times of reaching for him. Times of abounding happiness and times of depression and suffering. Times of victory and times of being attacked. But in Christ, there is always joy. Because we must be in this world for a period of our existence, we are given the word to revive us, restore us, and keep us on the narrow path of Christ. Psalm 19, 7 through 11 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. The power of fear cannot prevail against the power of the word of God. And I'll close with a quote, a quote from George Mueller. He says, I saw more clearly than ever that the first great and primary business to which I ought to attend every day was to have my soul happy in the Lord. The first thing to be concerned about was not how much I might serve the Lord, how I might glorify the Lord, but how I might get my soul into a happy state and how my inner man may be nourished. I saw that the most important thing I had to do was to give myself to the reading of the word of God and to meditation on it. If that's our attitude, if we are striving to have that soul happiness, that joy in the Lord, the power of fear will have no control or power over us. It may wreak havoc in the world, but we will shine the brighter because we abide in Christ and we are filled with his joy. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for your word. These truly are confusing, dark and evil times that we're living through, but they are also glorious times because your word will shine brighter and we will be, prevented with, be presented with more opportunities to share the gospel with more people. 
And we just thank you and we praise you in Jesus name. Amen. All right, you guys, thank you for being here. If you get a chance uh, to visit our website and I can never get this cursor to come over where I need it. There we go. Go to, uh, oh, first of all, if you could check out elephantwalk.net, that is our business website. Um, just go to elephantwalk.net. That is the business that helps support the work of the ministry. You can find us our, on the web uh, for the ministry at thewayr122.org. Uh, you can also listen to the podcast at christianpodcastcommunity.org. Uh, I release the podcast usually anywhere from Wednesday to Friday of the week after I preach the sermon, then it's published as the podcast. So you can go to the christianpodcastcommunity.org, just search for The Way Radio in the search field, and you can listen to podcasts going back for, I think, the last year or two. Um, we're on Rumble at The Way R122. I usually publish the sermons to Rumble on Monday or Tuesday after I preach them. And if you could, please consider uh, supporting the ministry. You can donate by going to thewayr122.org. Uh, donations help us continue in the work. Uh, it helps me to put more time into preparing for sermons, uh, preparing more podcasts, and especially providing more teaching materials, sermon notes, and other support uh, to Pastor Patrick and his church and the other people that we help in Kenya. All right. Thanks so much for being here today, you guys. Uh, and we will be back next week, God willing, same time, same place. God bless you guys.